0: And former NHLer Jay Rose Hill. The show starts now.
4: Holiday, day. We don't take shows off here at least morning take. Presented by Botano It's Nick Alberga here in Toronto. And Jay Rose Hill in Cancun. Yes, folks, he is alive back on the show playing her today. You're dealing with the flu. So appreciate you, man. How are you?
0: Well, I'm good. I'm down in, I don't know, Mayan Riviera. Is that the same as Cancun? I don't really. Pretty know, much. My, yeah. wife, my wife does all that shit. But. <laughs> yeah, I got sick when I got down here, like started with a head cold. Now I'm all got the shakies and the sweats going. It's a bad time. But uh, hey, if you're going to be sick. I guess being here is not the
4: worst thing, but I wouldn't miss a show for the world, Nicholas. It's okay. It's great, buddy. Um, hang in there. It's, it's sort of amazing. We don't talk for like three shows and Austin Matthews is like a billion goals later. Like the guy's on our heater right now. We're going to get into that. Um, there's a lot to discuss over the weekend. It's 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 family day, as mentioned here in Canada, President's Day in the States, so matinee affairs up the yin-yang, a rare one Eastern start time for the least, they're playing the St. Louis Blues, but uh, what's the last couple of days been like uh, for you just uh, out there in, in Cancun?
0: Yeah, we got like 15 people here, we got grandpas and... Uh... We got aunts and uncles and all the cousins are together, so we got a big crew. We've just been enjoying the sun, man, and uh, caught a couple shows and been eating some food, doing some water parks, and uh, just the normal stuff, man. I haven't
4: been to Mexico in a long time, actually, so we're just soaking it up, dude. Sounds like a fantastic time. It's It's been pretty decent here in Toronto. Very positive Zen vibes within Leafs Nation right now, which uh, as you know, on a weekly basis, that does change, but the team playing much better and so predictable, right? We talked about this when Morgan Riley went down due to suspension. By the way, it sounds like we're going to find out today if the appeal, if he won the appeal or not. He met with Commissioner Bettman on Friday, but it is so Leafs the way they've played since this guy left the lineup, eh? Fuck, it's just so weird, man. Like. When their big boys are out,
0: sometimes they step it up, but it's just. But then when everyone's there healthy, they tend to have their worst types of hockey. I don't understand it, but we pretty much called this. I don't know why. Like last year is totally different, but they went on a heater without Morgan Riley. What was it, twelve games or something like that? Yeah. And then this year so far, I mean, it looks like some of the best hockey they've played. I know they're playing the Anaheim Ducks and and whatnot, and Austin Matthews is on an absolute heater, but. Again, they're off to, what, 3-0 and without them, or Is that what they're at right now? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy.
4: The numbers are crazy, man. As you mentioned, 18-2-1 dating back to last season without Riley, 36-15-5. And, and maybe we can ask that to today's guest uh, in about 25 minutes or so, Dean Evison, who was uh, canned by the Minnesota Wild, I guess, a month and a half ago, uh, just enjoying some time off. He's going to get back in the game. I thought he did a great job with the Wild, by the way. He's going to join us. Uh, We're going to get his thoughts, his picture on the Maple Leafs uh, moving forward, what he saw from that team, obviously coached against them. But I think it's always unique to get somebody's perspective, especially somebody as raw as like a Dean Everson, who is a guy who holds you very, very accountable, as we saw in Minnesota, and is not far removed from coaching in this league like a month and a half ago, right?
0: Yeah, seriously. He's right in the thick of it. If you go check out his hockey uh, DB, he's been in the game forever, man. He's a a lifetime of hockey from playing and coaching. So he'd have a good perspective on things for sure. And like you said, he's, he's, uh, you know, a couple weeks removed from being the head honcho in the National Hockey League. So it'd be great to pick his brain.
4: So looking forward to Dean Evison in about uh, 25 minutes from now. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube page. Hope you're enjoying your uh, holiday Monday, wherever you may be in the States, Canada, or wherever else in this world at the Leafs nation four hundred one, where you could subscribe, hammer that like button, hammer that subscribe button. Uh, Least morning, take wherever you find your podcast, make sure to leave us a five-star review with a nice little comment. That'd do fantastic for this show. uh, brought to you by DoorDash. It's time for the appetizer for a limited time. Our listeners can get 25% off at the $10 in value, zero delivery fees in their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app, enter code NATION25, that's code NATION25, all in uppercase, 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change, terms apply. So I mentioned it, we haven't talked in a couple shows here, but Austin Matthews has been on complete fire. You've been documenting this, of course, a, a second straight Hattie over the weekend, and There's just something that hits differently, not only about a a Matthews hat trick and back-to-back Hatties at that, but a blowout against an inferior opponent, man. I was in heaven on Saturday night.
0: I know. I got to be honest. I wasn't able to watch it, but um, I checked out the box score after. I had to do a double take, and it was like, you know, obviously with Austin having another hat trick, I had to double take that too. But, (laughs) I mean, he's scoring at such will, man. Like, he doesn't. He doesn't miss. And, you know, a lot of them are like one tee clappers too. And, you know, he used to really just kind of release that snapper and he's one teeing these home these days and all kinds of different ways. It's a joke how nonchalant and cavalier (laughs) he is about scoring Hatties. Like it's almost getting like becoming a joke for him. You see his celebrations aren't even there. He's just kind of like, whatever, man. I am ridiculous at scoring goals. And it's about time that they, that they put together a performance where you literally just blow a team out, you know, and you're playing you got Austin Matthews being that hot, you're playing against the Anaheim ducks. I mean, they've played them this year, they've played lower-level teams and they squeak out a win here, this and that. It just doesn't seem convincing. Finally, on Saturday, just a bloody blowout, like just smoked them out of the building. It's it's good to see, man. And it is weird, like we talked about that it's without Morgan Riley and when they're down bodies. And I mean, they win, they win that game against, uh, against St. Louis too, where they have all their big boys out too. It's just, it's a, it's a real head scratcher, but on the positive side, it shows me that these guys do have the ability to dig deep and to dig down and, and find something. And it's just, I just need to see it more often. And when everyone's healthy and then we could actually be this team that everyone hopes and, and expects
4: them to be, but they've had so much trouble being that team in the last few years. I mentioned this last week. That's what probably pisses me off more is, is how they find the inner fortitude to win games like this when they shouldn't win games. It just shows you they they're capable of it. And it shows you that maybe they took the uh, the foot off the gas. But again, we know that team has been guilty of it in the past and this year, specifically 13th career Hattie for Matty uh, sixth to the season. Also his first career five point game, which I think, flew under the radar. Three goals, two assists. He was incredible. And the thing about him just makes everybody great around him. And the power play was a big story for me too. No Morgan Riley, no problem. Four for five in that game. It was just like one TN, one TN, one TN. Like I felt bad for the Anaheim Ducks. And Austin Matthews is in such a zone right now where it feels like legitimate for the first time, at least in my opinion, where this guy can actually get the 70. Like He is two goals away from 50 already on pace for 75 goals this season. It's insane even talk about that, you know?
0: I know. And they have such a high percentage of the season left to play too. And he's at these (laughs) numbers. It's just ridiculous. So, yeah, I don't know what he's going to get to, man. Can you stay on this pace? It doesn't seem like, you know, he just turned it up and all of a sudden he's at these outrageous numbers. Is he going to finish the season that well? Um, he doesn't seem to have any signs of of stopping there, but when you clip six off in, in a weekend, it's kind of like, holy smokes, is this guy, you know, he's he's gonna get damn close. I don't no one's even touched 70 since what Timu Solani in like 92, was it? Yeah. Like that's yeah. a long bloody time ago, man. He is scoring at a clip that has not been seen in decades and decades and decades. That is absolutely so impressive and the fact that this guy's on the maple leafs he's locked in um he's scoring at that clip you just want to make hay while that sun shines and get this get this team into a playoff position where you know they can access that good type of hockey where they got him firing all cylinders they dig deep it doesn't matter who's in in their lineup out of their lineup get a goalie that's hot see if joseph wall can come in and do his thing and all of a sudden, there's, there's you know, some hope in the playoffs where maybe these guys can do some damage, you know. It's it's yet to be seen. But, I mean, when you see performances like that, you're like, holy smokes, maybe there's something that could be potentially special there.
4: You never know. They could use it as a galvanizing moment slash rallying cry. You mentioned 92-93, um, Alexander Mogilny, former Toronto Maple Leaf. But then, I believe, with Buffalo and obviously Timo Solani, 76 goals. Like, it's nothing to sneeze at. And this guy's on pace for that, to exceed that. Some people even talking about 80 goals. It's it just the relative ease that Austin Matthews scores with right now. You can't overlook it. And the body of work is great. I think he's on pace to at least be in the conversation, maybe even a front runner right now for the Hart Trophy. He should be for one reason, one reason only. If you can get Tyler Bertuzzi a goal, you, you deserve credit. Uh, you deserve a massive fucking trophy, man. Bertuzzi finally, 19 <laughs> games drought over um it's 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 so fascinating with this guy they got to get him cooking but uh credit to Austin Matthews right in the tape nobody was going to miss that one
0: I know I, I hope it's one of those things where the floodgates can open here now for Bertuzzi I mean when they signed him I was thrilled like I just thought a guy you know a younger guy that can play with some jam and with some spunk and you know brings a lot to the table not just skill and and then he gets here and he's just not the guy, not the same person. I don't know what's, what's been up with them, but, uh, he's just not what we expected like at all. Like he's a ghost so far this year, which, you know, that's not the end of the world. He can find it. Guys have that in their careers sometimes. And, you know, it's just kind of, it makes you shake your head. Cause it's kind of typical of Toronto Maple Leaf sign a, you know, a good guy that's, that's exactly what they need. And then he, puts the Jersey on and is useless. Like it's, it's frustrating. It's not the first time that's happened, but um, all is not lost with him. And I hope that he shook the cobwebs off. There's got the monkey off his back and he can, uh, you know, try to find, find his game going forward here as we creep towards, you know, the trade deadline and the playoffs and everything that comes here at the end of the season.
4: Put it this way. I came on Friday's show with Anthony Stewart. And I said, maybe now's the time to, to healthy scratch. Tyler Bertuzzi and then full credit to him I know I know John Tavares doesn't play on Saturday but he scores a goal he was just coming off a really really terrible outing I thought against Philadelphia played a season low 10 55 it made a lot of sense but then you subtract John Tavares I understand why they kept a guy like Bertuzzi in there and that's why Sheldon Keefe is an NHL head coach and I'm not but I think it's imperative and I'm right there with you they signed Tyler Bertuzzi to be a a difference maker in the Stanley Cup playoffs and I'm still still holding out hope that that transpires like I I thought Max Domi was also really good over the weekend I think he's had his moments the last little while if these guys can get cooking at the right time you just never know because you want to help the big boys out when it matters most
0: yeah for sure that's a good point with those are the two guys the signings that I was like super excited about in in the offseason going yes those are the type of guys that we totally need that we're missing last year and you know, with with Domi, too, I thought he played with a little bit more jam. I know he's not his dad or anything like that, but I thought he played with a lot more jam and he just he just was almost like scared the first half of the season. but, Lately, he's kind of been getting his nose out there. And, you know, with that whole Radko-Gudis thing, I think everyone, you know, is not a big fan of that big D-man. And, and he gets in his face and scraps him. And guys are chirping off. And Bertuzzi's scoring again. And maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel here where these guys are going to start to clip. And, again, it's just odd that when on a weekend where they miss Marner and they got Tavares out and then Riley's done for five, it's just like, geez, now, now's the time... Where, where this all happens and maybe that's what you need to shake things up a little bit have a different look have everyone get forced to to bend down and uh and pick themselves up by their own bootstraps and away you go and you start getting on a little bit of a tear and having austin matthews doing what he's doing certainly doesn't help anything but yeah i just really want them when they have a full lineup and they have all the expectations and reasons to win a game i want them to still be able to bear down and and go down and get those wins and and Work for them and have that jam and play with like what you need to win in this league. I hope they're finding that because it would be nice to see these guys go on a little tear and get hot right before the
4: playoffs. I'm loving this budding bromance between Austin Matthews and Bobby McMahon, who has uh, five goals in the last couple of games, got a Hattie against Philadelphia. Yeah. That's great news. Anytime I don't care who it is, anytime somebody not named the core four can produce the way Bobby McMahon has in a small sample size, I'll take it. And I'm almost at a point where it's like I think McMahon has is deserving of like a promotion to the top six, especially right now. It seems like they want to put Bertuzzi in a sort of tertiary role on the third line with a guy like Domi and and Robertson and see and give that a, a serious look. and And I think if McMahon continues to play this way, I think he has to. They have to be open to giving him more time on ice. No.
0: Yeah. that's i mean you're gonna go with whoever is producing right you're gonna ride the hot hand and if if he's k i didn't know he i didn't know he's that capable of it's skater being like putting up big points and yeah skating on those high-end lines i thought he was a little bit you know more of a bottom six type player but i mean that's how guys become those types of players they get the opportunity they make the most of it they show you know to the brass and to the coaching staff no this is what you got here i am this guy and you know, whether people knew that at the time or not, it's it's good on him to step up and and do all the right things. And I like it. He's he I think got I tweeted. He's an A.J.H.L. product and Alberta boy. And yeah, um, to go out there and have a Hattie the way he did and then then to continue to put up uh the points is awesome. And I don't care who's on what line. I really don't. I want that things clicking. I want them putting up points. I want them getting wins and however that works um it I don't care what name is on the back of the jersey who's doing it all as long as they're doing it together and I liked what you said like that line of Robertson Bertuzzi and Domi I mean that could be
4: Good like that should be
0: one yeah. of the best third lines in the league man I mean you've got a little bit of everything there Robertson's got the skill and he can finish and Bertuzzi's supposed to have that with a little bit of jam as well and Domi could be that workhorse that goes and gets the puck and can finish too and play with a bit of grit all of like it's it should work really well with those guys, so I like that they're giving it a chance, and would like to see those guys blossom. And it's exactly what this this organization needs in in the playoffs is a guy is guys like that on a third line role who can just dominate. I mean, you get the Matthews's and the, the Tavares's and the Marners doing their thing, and then you just keep rolling with the, with those third lines like that. Holy smokes, you can overwhelm teams in the playoffs, and that's I think the goal I would hope. And it's nice to see some things clicking a little bit, and just want to keep going at that trajectory.
4: We often talk about waves and coming in waves. And I think if you stock a third line like that, permitting they're actually playing their game and their style and their brand, I, it, it's a scary look. And we'll see if that line stays intact moving forward. What did you make of uh, the way they address Radko Gudis on Saturday? Because I, I was a bit perplexed watching that game. Cause I'm like, didn't these two teams play in early January and the Leafs really didn't do boo with Radko Gudis in Anaheim. Now, all of a sudden it's a Saturday night game. We're looking for storylines it's like we fucking hate Radko Gudas. Like I get why they're up in arms. Don't lose that game. He won't holler in Joseph Wall's face. I mean, it's it's pretty simple, but along those lines, I do really really credit respect Max Domi. He's really stepped up multiple times from a physicality standpoint throughout the year. Ryan Reese was it was in Gudas's year all night and I guess they got the redemption as as good as they could. I mean, Florida still beat them in that series so that you're never going to rectify that, but at least they they made an emphasis on trying to say hey you're not doing that shit again you know and i like that
0: yeah i kind of came out of nowhere again like have we not played this guy or this is when we're gonna decide to to
4: oh my bad here sorry in the chat thank you for correcting me radko gudis didn't play the first game so there's the answer okay i forgot what it
0: was okay that makes sense yeah yeah i know i like him i love that shit i like domi stepping up Uh, we talked about it he's he's got to play with that edge and that grit and you don't have to go fighting heavyweights every single night. You don't even have to fight, but if you need to, do exactly what you did there. It's not, it's not really that hard. You get your arms around the guy and throw a couple, and down you go. No harm, no foul. But you sent a message, and you showed, you know, not just your own team or the other team, but the whole league that you know this is how we do it, and we stand up for each other, and we don't, we're not scared, and we don't back down. And we need a lot more of that on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it's nice that a guy like Domi stepping up to do that, but. Yeah, I don't know if it was – I mean, like, Domi wasn't even there last year to to be part of that situation, but, you know, you know who those guys are that are kind of shit disturbers and pests and rats or whatever you want to call it, and Gudis is pretty good at at getting in guys' face and pissing them off, so it's nice that we had a little bit of pushback because, I mean, I keep looking back to, you know, maybe that Tampa series where – they're just getting ragdolled and like the whole MO of a team playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs sometimes is let's run these guys out of the rink. They have no pushback. They're all gutless and we can just literally ragdoll them and disrespect the hell out of them and make them put their tail between their legs. And I just can't imagine anything more, more awful to be a part of man. And uh, I don't want to see that anymore. And I want to be the team that is ragdolling other teams that is running them out of the building that is like, you know, literally dominating them in every aspect physically and otherwise. So it's uh it's a good thing to see the Leafs start to move towards playing a, you know, the style of hockey where they're in control.
4: Yeah. I thought it was pretty squirrely uh, in general from Goudis. Are you shocked at all? Probably not. That he goes Domi wants no part. Absolutely. No part of Ryan Reeves. Like Reeves was looking for a dance partner and it was going to be Goudis. Goudis wanted no part of it. I wasn't shocked at that, but I'm happy they addressed him at least. Domi stepped up to the plate, but in true Goudis fashion, he just wanted no part of that fight. But I think at the very least they've instilled in his mind, you're, you're not, it's not patty cakes anymore. And that's all I wanted. That's all we've ever wanted as a fan base. Just tell them like, that's, that's not cool with us. That's all we needed. Right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Like you say you don't have to go be world beaters out there, but no. standing up for yourself and showing up and not caring who it's against and just, you know, playing for that crest on the front and having some pride in what you're doing means I think everything and it's contagious throughout a locker room as well. You guys go, you you have guys that are doing that. I mean, you look at you look at the Florida Panthers last year and the success that they had. They were all playing for each other they there it wasn't a bunch of individuals they all jumped on board with a system and a game plan and identity this is how we're going to play and they all did it together and holy Mm -hmm. smokes they were a freight train that just ran through teams and kind of coming out of nowhere a lot of people would say so I mean it's just that is the mentality of, of a winning hockey team everyone is on the same page everyone's on board all those same things that, you know, become old hat when you talk about it every day, but it, they're, they're mentioned for a reason. That's what it takes. And when you see a team having success, they're usually doing just that. And if we can get the Maple Leafs on board with, you know, playing that style of hockey and playing with pride and playing together and being the ones that are bullying rather than always getting taken advantage of, I mean, that's exactly where they need to be.
4: Toronto's depth uh, has really also been tested on the back end. We talked about Morgan Raleigh, but of note over the weekend, William Legison got hurt. Uh, Mark Giordano, our respects to the family. His father passed away. So they've called up Marshall Rafai, a 25-year-old, I believe, does not have a game of NHL experience to his name. And in fact, we, we saw Mitch Marner play defense again remember that whole experiment from last year it was back over the weekend he was snapping it around and the guys were just gushing matthew said he looks great out there didn't skip a beat so they're really working this angle again i love it
0: so that wasn't even on the peeper that was just five on five playing d yeah Yeah. that just blows my mind i remember that last year and it didn't (laughs) last too long but like i said i missed the game on saturday but when you mentioned that i was like what i don't know i don't like it man i don't think it's uh I don't really think it's the answer to anything. I mean, we need—he's not defensively responsible <laughs> enough on he's forward. For Christ's sakes, let alone being on yeah. defense, man. Like, why would you want that? I don't understand. I don't—they're they, just trying to replace Morgan Riley with him back there, I guess. So there's a hole. So maybe Mitch can fill it, but that just makes me shake my head, man. It's—it's it's kind of like a bush league thing. It's not the NHL caliber, if you ask me. But I don't know. Stranger things have happened, I guess.
4: I can't wait till the Marner camp opens up negotiations in the off season and say, we want to get paid as not only a top line, top freight right winger, but also a number one defenseman. What, what that commands on the open market. But yeah, they, again, I thought we were done with that. We sort of, you know, scoffed at that last year and now it's back. Uh, Marshall Refai, by the way, plays like a bigger type game. Like he, he plays that ground pound, which they like, uh, obviously a guy like Benoit plays that way. So, Uh, We'll see what he brings to the table. Marner getting that look as well. But the Leafs getting set as well for a matinee affair here. Against the St. Louis Blues, Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year and daily face-off for those of you who smoke the competition. Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team-building skills. Download the Wendy's app, score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order, and grab a sweet victory from the mouth-watering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never-frozen beef sign up to play daily face-off to win weekly prizes like the spicy chicken sandwich from Wendy's and the Wendy's app. So they're not stopping just there. We we talked about Marner playing D last year. It appears that they might go back to the five forward set for PP1 today. So Tyler Bertuzzi is going to stay on there. It looks like John Tavares is coming back into the lineup, which I think is unfortunate because I thought Timothy Lilligren was really good the other day, has been pretty good. Um, and this is exactly what they've needed guys like him and Brody have really stepped up. I think in the absence of Morgan rally, but they're going to try this five forward set. And I believe watching the broadcast last week, I think the blues are really good PK wise. So uh, maybe you bet on a shorthanded goal for the blues today.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know, man. I-, I I was never a fan when they start dicking around with a lineup that hard. It's like, you're just almost trying to reinvent the wheel and I don't know. I, I get, if you're down Morgan Riley, then, you know, if you want to fill in some kind of like-minded type of player or something, five guy, I just, I remember, I just have in my mind still like the odd man rushes and the breakaways and constantly giving up shorthanded goals. You know, it's not ideal. It's such a killer to the bench. It's so deflating to, to a game delay. All right, here's our chance boys. Let's get the power play going. Let's see if we can get up one here and, you know, you're you're ready to rock with, a you know, thinking offensively minded <laughs> with a power play and you get scored on. And it just seemed to happen all the time last year when they started dicking around like this. So I don't love it, but I'm also not there every day. I'm not the coach, like you said. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But man, I, when when the problems with this team are sometimes, you know, forgetting to be defensively responsible and being too offensive minded and doing low percentage plays and high risk you know, passing and type things like that. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, if that's our problem, let's put five forwards I know. on the power play. And it's just like, okay, man, like, are you sure? But like I said, they know mo- more than me. We'll see how it works out. I'm going to reserve my judgment until we see how it uh, how it pans out here.
4: Yeah, they always just try to seem to want to big brain the operation. Like, I, I just don't yeah. get it. Uh If you're going to go that direction, I think part of this is getting Tyler Bertuzzi going, which they did to an extent over the weekend and you want to continue the good vibes and John Tavares is back, but like there's other way around it. And maybe it's just, they don't feel that comfortable that great with Lilligren running that power play. McCabe got like two shifts and they're like, nah, we're not doing this. So maybe it just speaks volumes and maybe a bit of more of an emphasis on picking up another guy who run the power play in the absence of Morgan Riley. Maybe it's a Noah Hannafin, that type of player. But um, I think this is going to be quite the intrigue for me. This afternoon to see how that five forward set, if they elect to go that way, looks on the power play. Because it's going to be a lot loop-de-loop type shit. And I just think there's going to be some giveaways. And hopefully not. That leads to a goal for the St. Louis Blues. So the second meeting in six days here, Rosie. Last Tuesday, of course, a nice and tidy 4-1 win against the Blues at Scotiabank Arena. In general, like, it's not very... The Leafs don't play in many matinee affairs the the how how much does that impact sort of the schedule the daily process of an nhl player well i think it depends on who you
0: are and what you like i mean when i played in philly they seem i don't know why philadelphia just seems to have lots of matinees lots of afternoon games um i knew that before i got there i was like (laughs) these guys are always playing in the afternoons and I kind of sick is he gonna rip it at night you know oh i absolutely loved it man like honestly there's To me, there's nothing worse than the game day routine. It takes all bloody day and every single breath is dedicated towards that game down the road tonight. And it's the same old routine. You take the nap, you eat the same shit, and it's just forever waiting and waiting and waiting. And I mean, in the American League, we used to have like 11 a.m. games sometimes, 1 p.m. games all the time. I absolutely love it. You you jump out of bed, you you go to the rink, you have some breakfast, you do, you know, a little stretch and get warmed up, get your shit ready to go, put it on and away you go. You play your hockey game and then you're done. And I mean, this sun's out and the day's still ahead of you. It's, it's awesome. And you don't have to kill an entire day waiting for that game to finally get here. So I loved it. But there's other guys that, you know, hockey players are creatures of habit. They like things just so they like. You know, I didn't like the the routine. I didn't like the habits because it was monotonous. It was the same shit forever and it just took forever. But some guys really revel in that. So if you throw a guy off of his routine, sometimes they don't like it. I remember guys would bitch and complain about having a matinee game and whatnot. But I'd say it was pretty split over who liked it and who didn't. But me personally, I absolutely loved it. It was get up and go. No pissing around. You don't have to wait all day and do all this. I just I hated the game day routine, man. Get up and let's play.
4: Are these guys mucking like chicken Alfredo at like 9am? Like the game's at one Eastern time. So it's 12 it's, it's noon central in St. Louis.
0: Yeah, it depends. Like again, some guys would go off the beaten path. Like I would have Chipotle for my pregame meal sometimes just, just, just why not? Let's just give her, I mean, get some good food (laughs) in you and away you go. But some guys are so, you know, by the book that they would have to eat their chicken, uh, parm Alfredo at nine in the morning and stuff, which I think is pretty gross. And, I try not to get too hung up in that kind of thing, eat, eat good food. Don't get too, don't get too, you know, reliant on this routine. I have to eat this to play good Then more and more often than not guys just get head fucked that way. And if you do get a wrench thrown in your plans at some point in time, or you're playing a matinee game, all of a sudden, you know, you get thrown for a loop. That's, that's just being weak mentally. I think you should be able to adapt and, and get used to these uh, matinees
4: and things of that nature. And a very pivotal road trip at that for the Leafs. They got this one. They got Arizona, Vegas on the back to back, then Colorado on Saturday.
3: A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term medical plans are available for these changing times.
2: and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash
4: Today, The following interview is brought to you by our friends over at Battlegrounds Axe Storing. Unlock the ultimate birthday party, team-building event, or have a great night with your significant other. To find a location and book an outing today, go to battlegrounds.com. That's B A T L grounds.com. Dean Everson now joins us on the show. What's going on, Dean? How are you? Hi, Nick. How are you, bud? Fantastic. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. We were just talking about the Matinee affair. How do you uh how do you deal with that as a as a head coach in the league?
1: Um I I don't think you deal with it any any other way. It's just uh just another game. You just prepare in the same way. Um You know, end of the day, what you eat, uh, the day of the game or rest or whatever, uh, when the puck drops, you play the same. Hmm.
0: That's true. Uh, Dean, I uh, I wanted to pick your brain. You've been in the game a long time and I mean, longer than I ever was. And even I saw so much change in the style of player that came up into the league. And what did you notice the most from? you know, maybe the old school mentality of, of hockey player to the new age and this new generation of talent that's in the NHL and how you have to deal with them personality-wise and, and what the differences are in coaching those different types of people.
1: Well, it's a good point. The, 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 there's a lot of psychology involved in coaching now. I mean, back in the yes. day, it was X's and O's and open the gate and, and let them go. And, um, you know, you play hard, then the coach, you know, played you, basically. Uh, there wasn't a lot of systematic stuff. Um, and there's a lot of personalities now. There's a lot of uh, outside influences in the game, and, uh, in in each individual, and I think that's why you see so many coaches uh, now on the bench and uh, and and behind the scenes. Is that you have to deal with a lot of personalities, and and there's a lot of massaging uh, now and um, with the agents and and uh, the personalities. So it's it's different for sure. Um, but end of the day, once, uh, as we just talked, once the puck is dropped, the, the game, the game's very similar. It hasn't changed a whole lot. Um, you know, you, you play, you play the right way. You play hard, you play physical, you do the right things. Uh, you be a really good teammate and, uh, you know,
4: hopefully you have success. So Dean, I won't lie. You're one of my personal favorites in the league. I think accountability is such a big word. We often talk about it in this market. We just talked about younger players how do you instill like accountability in your team? Cause I, th- I think that's one of the great things you did with Minnesota when, when guys didn't do what you wanted or stuff like that, like you held them accountable. I, I think that's big in this day and age.
1: I, I, I agree. Um, this day and age, but basically in any day and age. Right. Um, and I, sure. I learned long, long time ago, Bob Gainey was my coach uh, for a couple of years in, uh, in Dallas. And uh, you know, everybody knows who Bob Gainey is and he was just straight up and honest and um, as an ex-player and, and now as a coach, and, and uh, the players want to be told the truth. They want it up front. Um, they want it, um, you know, face to face. And if you do that, you get the accountability. You get the uh, the respect of your group. Um, uh, you know, if you do it behind their backs, if you do it in the media, if you do it in different ways, then then they won't respect you. And you know, y- you definitely have to. Um, make some guys accountable. But honestly, if you, if you bring a guy in and you tell him like, listen, your your back checking, you know, sucks. You show, you show them like five clips, like, listen, you got to work harder getting back. Right. Um, then, and you say, I'm not going to bring it to the team, but if they don't do it, now you bring it to the team. You do it in front of the, the group and you say like, I've I've shown you personally, you didn't do it. And now it's going to the group. It's hard to go. Obviously, a lot of coaches don't, you know, and and it's go to the media um, with it. Um, but that that likely is your last straw. For sure, Dean. What do you see
0: in this group with the Toronto Maple Leafs? You know, they're no stranger to high end. You know, offensive talent with a lot of these players, but they've had trouble putting it together when it matters. They've had trouble, you know, keeping it simple and being a little bit more defensive minded. If you have a group of players like this that are as talented as they are, but just can't seem to put it together, what's your mo with trying to get the most out of a a group like the Toronto Maple Leafs?
1: Wish the hell I had a group like the Toronto Maple Leafs that I could stand behind the bench uh, with. uh, um, I've watched a few games. Obviously, when Nick reached out to me, I've watched a few games and. Um, the, the, the set is just incredible. Um, you know, it's, they haven't got a few breaks here and there. I mean, obviously I can't speak to everything. I i I'm, I'm not educated. I haven't watched them enough and I've talked to different people. It's, it's hard when you're coaching your own group, you don't get, you know, until you pre-scout a team, but, um, you know, yeah. just pre-scouting the Toronto Maple Leafs they're, they're incredibly talented. Um, I, I don't, I don't think they get enough credit for their work ethic, uh, led by Matthews. He's, uh, his work ethic is, is absolutely tremendous. Um, you know, I mean, it's probably been, uh, documented obviously to keep the puck out of the net to play more defensively sound a little bit more, um, safe in different situations, but end of the day, you got to score goals to win hockey games. So, um, you know, I, I think, the learning curves that they've had through the years with their core group and stuff. Um, you know, I think they're set up in a good spot to, uh, to move
4: forward. You talk about Austin Matthews. Um, I, I said this earlier on the show, like, I think you could make a legitimate case at this point that this guy could get 70 goals this year. First time since, you know, with 31 years, Mogilini and Solani did it back in 92, 93. What would that pre-scale look like, you know, as you prep for a guy like Austin Matthews next to impossible? no,
1: you know what? I, and and in preparing for this, um, it's like, okay, what did we do? I, I was thinking back to our pre-scout, and you, uh, you could show thirty-five goals of Austin Matthews and and Nylander and 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 uh, just scoring goals, right? It would scare the hell out of our group. What we showed with Austin Matthews was his ability and his willingness to check and to. And and different coaches call it different things, but tracking back, um, lifting sticks, um, stealing pucks—that's what he does. I think better than any superstar in the National Hockey League. And if you guys remember, there was a um, back in in my day, um, the Edmonton Oilers were the the gray team. There was a documentary called uh, "Boys on the Bus." And it was uh, Edmonton and they were, I don't know if it was at Gretzky's house and I don't want to quote a lot of, but it was at Gretzky's house. They are drinking a ton of wine. And Wayne Gretzky said to, it was Anderson and Messier. And I think Curry was there. He said, the difference with me guys is that there's one puck on the ice and that's my puck. And I want that puck and everybody else has to try to get, he had that puck. To me, Matthews wants the puck. And what we showed with our pre-scouts is his willingness to track, to do whatever it took to, to finish people, to bump people, to, to lift sticks, to, 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 to work, to get that puck. When he has the puck, obviously um, dynamic things happen, and he can make plays, he can score goals. He obviously is a great playmaker. Um, so that's what we tried to show. Match his work ethic. We're not going to match his skill set, right? You just match that work ethic and maybe we'll have a chance to have success.
4: And I think another guy in that conversation obviously is like a Nathan McKinnon, what he brings to the table when it comes to the Colorado Avalanche. I was just going to follow up with that and ask you your thoughts on on the Hart Trophy. You obviously saw McKinnon quite a bit with Colorado. Nikita Kucherov has been great this year. Connor McDavid has been Connor McDavid. We've just been spitting around the last couple of shows. Like if Matthews gets to that barometer of 70 goals, like has he not moved the goalpost from the first time he won the Hart trophy a couple of years ago when he scored 60?
1: Yeah, I, I believe that. And obviously I've been, you know, watching a lot of stuff on, on TV and, and whatever, through the internet and um, you know, the discussions on and the debates back and forth, the three guys that you mentioned are, are absolutely incredible. And what they uh, the three of them, what they all possess is size, skill, speed, um, but the willingness to uh, to work. I think all three of them. You get some superstars in the league, and you know that don't have the work ethic and just have the opportunity to score goals and what have you. I think all three of them do, but I think Austin Matthews, um, for me anyway, is uh, definitely the front runner.
0: For sure. Dean, with the trade deadline coming up here, you know, teams are obviously looking to add more often than not. How much of that comes into play for a coach? Is it pretty specific to the coach GM relationship or do you prefer to be a guy to just stay out of it? Let me know who's coming and I'll coach them. Or do you like to be involved in that process a little bit?
1: I, I never did. Um, uh, I, I'd like to communicate. Um, I think that, that obviously that's important. Um, Your management, You have pro scouts that are out there scouting these guys constantly. You have your general manager and your assistant general managers. They're going to make the call. Um, Communicate with us as a coaching staff. What do we need? Do we need a a scoring left winger? Do we need a a gritty defenseman? Do we need a checking? Do we need a face-off guy? Give that to them, and then that's it. Um, You know, I think you can get consumed as a coaching staff on – well, we need this guy, or how come we're not going to get that guy? He's available. I think we—you have to put that out of your, out of your head, out of your mind, and out of your coaching room because it filters into your, into your players' room. If uh, if you're not happy as a coaching staff, so what I've tried to do in in, in years past is give my input. Um, if I'm asked, then obviously I'll communicate, but the communication has to be good. After that. Whatever decisions are made, we live with them, and we believe in them, and we try to make it work. We try to fit them in um, as far as where they fit systematically and and rotation-wise in our lineup, and then you have to try to fit
4: them in uh, with their personalities with the group. Of course, the other thing, too, guys, is like chemistry, right? Like I I always think like hitting the home run maybe is not the play of getting like a Tarasenko again this year, a Patrick Kane last year. If you think back, Dean, the last couple of years ago, our Terry and that pickup for Colorado was massive for that team. Ivan Barbashev last year with the Vegas Golden Knights. Like those are the type of guys that I think put a team over the top. But. You don't see those sexy names on a roster, so you're like, "Oh, it doesn't work." But I think the Rangers were a perfect example last year. Not necessarily because you get the best player doesn't mean you're going to win the cup, right? I
1: I agree with you, especially on Barchev. I think that was a such a key pickup for them. Like just a gritty guy that obviously can score goals, but he plays the game right and hard. And he's a, a he's a piece that um, is a complementary piece. He's not the guy that's going to come in there and he's he, he's not you know, setting the, the the second line left winger down to the third line or whatever. He just fit perfectly into their system. And I, I've talked about this a couple of times. Ray Bork back in the day is the perfect example of a guy. He's a superstar that goes to win a cup and he wins a cup. That's that's amazing. But to me, Butch Goring and a lot of kids and people don't know, you know, back in, he goes to the the New York Islanders. He's not taking Brian trace's job, right? Hmm. But he's... He's going there to, to be a complementary piece, second, third-line center, um, play the game hard, gritty, whatever. And he fit perfectly, allowed them to go on to winning uh, multiple, obviously, Stanley
4: Cups. So I think that's the trade that makes the biggest and, and the most sense. And Dean, lastly, I just want to ask you about the big topic of conversation in this market, uh, the Morgan Riley ridley grigg um, situation, altercation last week. Um, how do you think it was handled and everything that went into it?
1: Well, I, I definitely get what he did as an ex-player. I mean, we all do. Would Would you rather him do something different than cross-check him in the face? Yeah, but but you you have to make. Yeah, I, I think you know, old school, new school, whatever you say. Um, you know, he thought that they got showed up. He he took it upon himself to uh, um, you know to to stand with the team and for the team, I think it's a good thing. The way he went about it, maybe, maybe
4: it was a little over the top. Um, but, um, I, I get why he did it. Very interesting times in Leafs nation. Uh, Dean can't thank you enough for taking some time today. Really, really appreciate it. And uh, would love to catch up down the road again. Okay. Thanks guys. Appreciate it. Our pleasure. Uh, Dean Evison, NHL coach and, uh, I told you, man, he's an absolute gem. I I just, I I love the accountability factor. I watched a lot of wild games, central divisions, a tough division, just like any in in hockey, but you got some big boys in that division. I just like the brand that the wild played under uh, a guy like Dean Evison. I I just think he would be a good fit for a lot of teams looking for a new head coach. And uh, you never know what happens in this market too.
0: Yeah, usually guys with his pedigree and background don't last uh, too long without jobs. He's he's been in the in the game for decades for a reason, and you can tell when you talk to him. And I like it when those coaches that are, you know, not pussyfooting around. They're honest. Yeah. They're like like he says. You you get to a guy and you tell him what he needs to hear, and if he responds to it, then. Great. If not, you got to go about it a different way and you don't let your foot off the gas and you don't you know, you don't let these guys get away with some of the stuff they're trying to get away with these days when the younger generation comes in. And I think it's good guys like him are still in the uh, in the game to keep it honest and and have that, uh, you know, just that mindset for these players coming into the league is is a good thing, I think.
4: Yeah, I thought he was exceptional. Like, I I can see, like, even in that 12 minutes or so we did with him, I can tell why players played for him, man. Like, even just the way he broke down Austin Matthews and the pregame tape on that and what, you know, what led to their game plan. Because, obviously, you can't shut down a guy of that ilk and and that level. But I thought he brought sort of a different perspective. So, uh, very, very thankful to Dean Evison for dropping by. Again, the Leafs, a matinee affair. So, maybe you're listening to this after the Leafs have played. But, again, make sure you check out the interview. Great stuff from Dean Evison. Let's get to the Botano wrap-up presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. Please play responsibly. Major announcement, Botano is the official partner of Copa America 2024, taking the beautiful game to new heights in the Americas. Join Botano on their journey of passion, unity, and unforgettable football moments. Is there anything specific you like for this Leafs game? Last week, we saw the under, a 4-1 win win, for the Leafs against the Blues. Um, by the way, Jordan Bennington had another episode over the weekend. I don't know if you saw it. He yeah. threw a bit of a bow. I did.
0: I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> it's a very Bennington thing to do, but I think in <laughs> I think he could probably argue because he didn't even look. I mean, he kind of knew the guy was coming, but but uh, he could probably get away with arguing. I didn't know. I legit didn't know. And how could you argue that he did when he doesn't even look? But a very Bennington thing to do is throw the knob of
4: your stick in a guy's face. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Um, anything you like, I, I think. I think the right play here is the Leafs. I've been going back and forth. I expect, and, and thank you to producer Vic for putting the video up. There's the uh, the cheap shot by Jordan Binnington, number fifty two of his career, I think. But I think the play here has to be the Leafs. They're just riding hot. They're feeling good about life. It's a crucial road trip. I think this is a, a point in time in their slate as well, Rosie, where they can create some separation in the standings. Right, even with uh, the win over the weekend, Tampa got obliterated by Florida, so the Leafs. Leaffrog them, Detroit's been hot. So this is a good big moment for this Leafs team. I think they got to take care of business here.
0: Yeah, they definitely do. I don't know what the value is on them or say Austin Matthews goal or something of that nature, but I like that. Uh, if, you, yeah. if you can find something in there that that's got a little bit of value to it, which I think is going to be tough. It always is with the Maple Leafs and the, you know, the size of their market that follows them. But uh, anything to say something like that, you know, a power play goal, Austin Matthews goal, just an overall win, um, take the over if you'd like as well. It's tough to say. Um, but I think that they are buzzing right now and I think they're feeling it and it is odd because they are without Morgan Riley and they've had some injuries and they've had some guys out of the lineup for different reasons. And for whatever reason that makes them, uh, snap to attention and start playing a little bit of hockey. So I hope that continues here this afternoon.
4: Just a quick brief from uh, Sheldon Keith a bit earlier on, I, I guess, just as we went on air, saying uh, there is still a number of game time decisions t- uh, tonight. I think he meant this afternoon due to injury illness, uh, but we expect we'll have a full lineup. So make that what you will. Ilya Samsonov will get the call again, and uh, good to see the boys playing a bit better, Rosie. And um, speaking of which, your your buddy Phil Kessel looks like something's percolating in Vancouver, eh?
0: Phil the thrill had some uh He's back in the mix. I know. Is he is he up now or what? It's a matter of time. I'm sure he's gotta get his Night. that milk bag going a little bit down in the miners and get his skating legs back, but it's a matter oh, dude, of time. You, you gotta
4: go check up. out that John Scott interview I asked him about Phil Castle. Yeah. Okay, I'll it check good. it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh Kessel's back. So uh yeah, what do you got planned skip- for the rest of the day?
0: I'm gonna go down by the pool. I gotta get I gotta shake this this sickness off, man. I mean, during that interview, I got beads of sweat leaking off my forehead and my nose here i'm going to go take some cold pills but starting to get annoyed that i got i'm getting this sick on uh, on vacation but it
4: is what it is you'll be okay buddy and that's something tequila can help my friend uh, especially being yeah. in, in mexico a couple shots tequila you'll you'll be feeling great in no time buddy
0: there you go i'll go try i'll go give that a whirl
4: okay rosie uh, sure. we'll we'll chat tomorrow hopefully after another maple leaf victory okay Sounds good. I'll be watching it down by the pool. And
0: uh, yeah, let's hit some Botano bets up. I wouldn't mind winning some money right now. The Leafs are hot. Might as well ride the wave.
4: Very jealous. Thank you to our guests today. Dean Everson was fantastic. Producer Vic, outstanding job. A family day edition of the show. Everybody in the chat, thank you for showing. I know it's a holiday. You had better things to do, but you showed today and you were fantastic at the Leafs Nation 401. Again, that's Shea Rosal. I'm Nick Albergo. We'll talk on Tuesday. Take care.